0: Erin Tarr from Be The Benchmark here, and I am back at you talking about week eight of our Fierce Girls Summer. Week eight is an exciting week for me. It is the week that we really give girls the tools to reduce their anxiety and increase their confidence, and this is a tool that I came across a little over a year ago, And since that time, I have publicly taught about it at least three or four times to groups. And I actually, on a regular basis, talk one-on-one with people about it. This method or tool is called cognitive restructuring. And I sincerely believe that cognitive restructuring should be taught in schools starting in kindergarten and every single year we need to remind students maybe even every single month remind students of what this process looks like so that as they get older and they are working through any stressful period that comes up for them and we see younger and younger kids dealing with quote-unquote anxiety and depression these days but as they start to deal with those things they will have the tools of cognitive restructuring so embedded in their minds that they are able to use them for lack of a better term just utilize them so naturally almost Like breathing, it becomes, and that's really the goal of all the things that I'm teaching my fierce girls and my one-on-one clients, and even when I'm out public speaking, I am always hoping that I'm neither the first nor the last person to give them the tools that I'm sharing with them. Whether it's the seven habits, or the four agreements, or cognitive restructuring, or gratitude practices or mindfulness practices whatever it is I am of such the belief that we need to and I'm sure there's a study somewhere to back this up but we need to hear these types of things and be challenged to use these tools on a regular basis whether it's an accountability partner that we have once a week which is pretty much how I do it with my one-on-one clients or whether it is once a month, which is how I work with a lot of my my group clients where where we meet a little less regularly uh, this is why I read personal development books, so I have a whole audible playlist of personal development books, many of which say very much the same things, but they're by different authors from different time periods, some you know over a hundred years ago, some less than 100 days ago, and they have very much the same things and the same themes and the same, uh, what is now popular to be called a life hack. These are all things that, uh, they're not, the whole saying there's nothing new under the sun, in many ways that's very true, however, I... Being a lifelong learner and also somewhat bullheaded at times need to hear things in different ways at different times from different people uh, with different spin and some things really hit with me and I think sometimes I'm able to implement a tool at a certain point in my life because I've heard it three or four times and the first three or four times I heard it I had a knowledge of the information like it sunk into my head that yes that's a good idea or that's something I should do or that's uh, practical advice but the first three or four times I heard it I was just not in a place in my life to truly implement to truly take it to heart to truly make it a part of my everyday life and make it a natural almost like breathing thing and there are so many instances of where I have that Uh, gratitude practices is one of those for me Uh, practicing gratitude for me now is very much like breathing I can return to joy is what I have come to refer to it as, and that's a Gabby Bernstein uh, quote, but I can return to joy and use gratitude most of the time within less than five minutes of a total anxiety moment or stress out or freak out. Um, Probably the exception being when I'm really in a tough spot with my husband, and we're like at odds about something, it's a little harder for me to return to gratitude in those moments. But almost anything having to do with work or my business or my kids or friends or even extended family, I have really been able to implement gratitude in a way that it is almost like breathing for me. But that's only happened in the last couple of years. And trust me when I say, That's not the first time that I heard that I should be thankful and have gratitude. And it's just now has been the time where it has been able to really sink into my life in a beautiful way. And so that's why I teach the girls, the fierce girls and my daughters and the clients that I have the same types of things repeatedly because There's going to be times when parts of it hit for them and other parts don't. There's going to be times when they have aha moments and the light bulb comes on, and maybe that's the seventh time they've heard me say something, or maybe it's the first. It's hard to say, but all of that to get back to cognitive restructuring, I went off on a tangent there, apologies, but to get back to cognitive restructuring, there are specific steps in cognitive restructuring, and I'm going to go over them with you right now. And I'm saying these for memory, which, because I've taught them enough times, uh, but Forgive me if I pause a little bit because I need to um, I need to think through the steps just a little bit because it is not like breathing to me yet. I've been working on this for a year. Um, but the first step in cognitive restructuring is to recognize your wrong thinking. And so when you go into a situation, and I usually tell the girls a story along with this. And when you go into a situation, a lot of times you... Uh, Thinking back to the last episode, we make an assumption about a situation. And so the first step is to just recognize that we've made an assumption. Um, And then the second step is to recognize what action we took based on that assumption. So a lot of times when we make an assumption, when we have that wrong thinking, we will also then create an action of ourselves based on that wrong thinking or based on that assumption. So that's step number two. Just recognizing and identifying. I made an assumption, I was thinking in the wrong way, and then I acted in the wrong way based on the assumption that I made. So those are the first two things. The third thing is to check in with your emotions. And when I talk to the girls about this, uh, we talk a lot about what the basic emotions are and then what the deeper emotions are because a lot of times when you ask a girl how they're feeling it's very popular right now to say I'm anxious I have anxiety I'm depressed I am have depression those types of things when there's such a larger myriad of things they could be feeling but we don't talk enough about emotions and about what they look like and what they feel like. So there's jealousy, there's insecurity, there's shame, there's embarrassment. There's all these other feelings that and so I literally give them this huge colorful um what I call wheel of emotions so that they can really look and see like wow there are so many words to describe how I'm feeling and if I really sat and looked at these words, I bet I could come up with a much more accurate phrase than angry, mad, sad, anxious, or depressed. Those are great words. Those are not problem words and they may be accurate in some situations, but a lot of times I think those are the words that we fall back on because we have not really worked through the vocabulary. And Brene Brown actually has a list on her website of if you want to be emotionally intelligent you need to be able to recognize these 21 I think it's 21 um, emotions both in yourselves in yourself and in others to really be emotionally literate so that's an interesting resource that you might want to check out um, to talk about emotions so back to cognitive restructuring number one recognize the assumption that you've made number two recognize what action you took That was probably not the best action based on the assumption that you had. Three, recognize your emotion. Four, check in with your body. So what actually ends up happening is that many girls skip one, two, and three, and they run straight to number four. My stomach hurts, my head hurts. I don't feel well. And as adults, because that's what they're telling us, we're often responding to what their body is saying because legitimately their stomach hurts, or legitimately their head hurts, or um, what other types of, sometimes we get really jittery and anxious, like that's that's my body response, nine times out of ten, when I start to get stressed out, my stomach kind of clenches up, and I get a little, um, like I feel twitchy, for lack of a better word, <laughs> um, but again, when I'm talking about this, I give the girls a whole list of like ways that your body could respond, um, sometimes your throat gets sore or your mouth gets dry or your mouth gets really slobbery or um, your eyes start to itch or there's any number of things that this is your body's response uh, to that fight or flight uh, recognition. But we often respond instead of responding to the emotion and the action and the assumption, we respond just to what's happening in the body. So if we've gone through steps one, two, and three first and then we recognize that what's happening in our body is in direct relationship to the first three things that we did then we have the opportunity to actually go to step five and look at the facts of the situation and really take the emotion out take the body feelings out of it for a moment and look at the facts of the situation and just what is truly actually happening in that moment and then once we've recognized the facts, then we can change our thinking and change our action. So recognize the facts, then evaluate how we really could be thinking about the situation and then really take the action that is wise based on the facts of the situation, not our assumptions about the situation. And uh, as we go through that process, it takes some time, you know, i I think as we get further along in practicing it and as we role play, so we do a lot of that in the Fierce Girls, um, in the Fierce Girls programs, we do a lot of role playing so that the girls can have words, like legitimate words and tools to think about when they confront those situations because a lot of times, and I remember this in my education classes, For those of you that don't know, my background is in secondary education. And we talked a lot about theory. Like, in theory, here's how you would teach this. And in theory, this is how this should play out. And then you get in the classroom. And unfortunately, the other students don't know what the theory is. So it doesn't always work out how you thought it would. And that's exactly uh, what we don't want to have happen to our girls, that we talk about things in this very heady... um, theory-based way without giving them the practical tools. So we'll give them a lot of practical tools to practice this. So this episode has run long. I apologize. I think I went off on a couple of tangents, but I'm very excited about week eight and cognitive restructuring and how it can really help our girls to reduce their anxiety, increase their confidence, and just make brave and wise choices uh, as they continue down their educational journeys, their journeys of Uh, The life that they want to create, um, choosing those thoughts to create that life, to go out and change the world and ultimately be the benchmark. So I'm going to sign off now, uh, but hopefully, even though we have gone through all eight weeks of the fierce summer, I will be back in your ears soon with another podcast episode. So stay tuned.